What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 182. On this episode, we are joined by producer, I mean, beat maker, my dead friends. And we talk about uh, patreon.com, our merch shop, uh, music names, producing, beat making, live streaming beats, selling beats, talking about music. We talk about video games. We talk about my dead friend's new album called Temporal and then more music talk. So uh, thanks for checking us out. What up? Uh, first things first, I'm going to talk about some shit that could get me paid. You could go to patreon.com slash a podcast of Mo, give a dollar or more a month and get early access to this fabulous, fantastic podcast. Uh, if you give more, you can be a co-producer, get shouted out like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall the Dharma Initiative Bear, and Pow Wow, uh, keeping this shit going. They are... Um, the four posts that are that are the foundation to the house, you know, shit like that. And you could you could be the wall, maybe maybe a roof. Uh, so so join the cause. Um, all right, and then also we have a merch shop. You can get some a podcast with Mo merch. You can get an a podcast with Mo shirt. You can get an a podcast with Mo spinoff shirt, which is kind of rare now because we're canceling that motherfucker. Um, and. That is at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with Mo. You can go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash a to the Mo if you want to get an a to the Mo shirt, which I'm actually wearing at this exact moment. Mine is pink. looks very good. Um, y'all should look in and get one of those too. Um, all right. On this episode, the goal is I'm calling the, an artist, producer, beat maker. I don't know what the fuck he goes by. We'll figure it out. Um, goes by the name of My Dead Friends. I don't know what his real name is. Maybe he'll tell me. Maybe not. We'll see. And uh, I don't know what I will talk about. Probably a lot about music. You know, I've been making a lot of music lately, so I have a feeling we'll probably just get into that. But maybe it'll blossom into more. So um, let's give him a call and uh, check this shit out. Yo, what's up? What is this audio okay? Yeah, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, because what it was, man, is uh, I'm trying to, like, I have it set up to where I run everything out of my sound card and it goes into this roll and go mixer. And then that goes into a lightning cable into my phone. Right. I'm able to hear audio back and forth. Like I said, I did a Zoom call with this one dude, and I was able to hear back and forth with him. I'm not sure. I never did it over Skype. That's why I was a little nervous on how that was going to work. Yeah. Skype's uh, definitely free for a reason. <laughs> I was, the Zoom call worked. That's why I was kind of surprised. Right. Yeah. And it, I bet it's somewhere in the settings of, well, I mean, it was feed me your audio. It just was real stuttery i don't know um fuck it i'll fix it in post it'll be all good uh, so yeah so i um introduced you as my dead friends do you is that what you go by to people on the internet absolutely man uh i go by i've always used the name the deity like that started out as like a rapper name for me back in probably 1999 or something 2000 probably more so 1999 i started rapping with a close friend of mine and uh 
my name is Dave Downs. I'm not afraid to say that. You can find me on Facebook and stuff. People know my name. So my name being Dave Downs, the name Deity, like the, the two Ds, Deity, and they kind of like all blended. And one friend goes, hey, you should go by the name of Deity. And then that just kind of stuck. Right. So I stuck with the name of Deity for a while. But once I started producing, I didn't want to use that name. Like I wanted to keep that kind of as like a rapper name. You know what I mean? And, uh, a lot of tragedy struck my way very quickly in a few years you know what i mean like i had a lot of friends uh i'm sure you know of an opioid crisis that's terrorizing the entire country yeah and i had a lot of friends that got involved in that and they ended up having a lot of problems and a lot of them didn't make it so the name my dead friends was always some way of me honoring them but it was also a way because I myself got caught up in things for a while and I was in bad shape myself for a while and I pulled myself out. But I noticed that a lot of my other friends abandoned me and just looked at me as like a waste of life at that point. You know what I mean? So I also use the name My Dead Friends as also a way of killing them off in my mind to where they never really were friends. Right. I understand all that completely. Um I will say in some similar stories, like my rap name is A to the Mo, and that's because my first name's Aaron and my last name's Mosier, so it's A to the Mo. And I like Jay Z, you know, so that kind of worked out. And Mo was taken on every website, so it, it pulled off the tongue pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, a couple of your raps. I seen you post something the other day, man. Of you rapping, man, it was really good. Uh, yeah, I done the what's the what's popping beat. It was pretty dope. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Which cool. is cool because I haven't done uh, like mainstream stuff in a while. Because you know, once I learned to make my own beats, I was like, uh, "Yeah, let's just rap on that." That's the whole reason I done this is because producers I, used to try to charge me fucking ridiculous prices, and I was like, first. yeah, that's exactly how I did." And then yeah, you start seeing, you're like, "Man, I might as well just start making these beats myself. It'd be a lot easier to actually produce and make the track that I actually want to make instead of trying to go in and searching for producers and telling them what I want." Right. And I wish, you know, because I'm pretty honest about how like shitty I am at stuff. You know, I know that's not common in hip hop, but I'm pretty like open about it. And, uh, you know, I can't just sit down and be like, here's the idea for my song and I'll make that. What I can do is sit down and make something cool. And then after it's made, I'm like, maybe I could rap to that. But I, I haven't figured out the whole like creative process man like i mean even i'm sure you've made a beat and then come back the next day and then you hear that beat entirely different and start adding sounds that you might have not added yesterday right 100 percent. that's see that's what I, that's what's great and that's why i love producing and actually like having this room here for myself to actually uh have all these tools like i was never one that like joining bands and stuff like that like i've been in a couple like metal bands and stuff i used to play like metal drums and stuff like that we used to play like metallica slayer kind of songs and stuff like that but everybody else always wanted to do this or do that and like you know like you got to have kind of a democracy when you're in a band but i don't like that i want to i want it my way or no way <laughs> right i mean looking back on it you know i wasn't musical growing up in the sense that like like i wasn't in band you know, I didn't know how to play an instrument. For one Christmas, I asked my mom for a bass guitar and I was going to learn, but she bought me a VHS with it that like this dude was going so fast. I was like, I'll never learn this. And I didn't. It just sat in my closet forever. Um, and then now, and I always loved rap music. So like it was hard for me to fit in with like the more rock emo-ish kids that were doing the music stuff. Like they didn't like me. I didn't really like them. So like 
producing is just perfect. You know, I, I did have to commit and really like, I think a lot of people think it's easy because, you know, I, all I really did was take a week off work. I spent 70 hours watching YouTube with a cracked FL studio and I fucking figured it out after the end of the week. I was like, holy fuck, I can do this. This is crazy. Okay, here's something interesting. Then, I mean, uh, since you say use the term producer, how do you feel about that term producer as far as being a producer or being a beat maker? Yeah, I personally like to go by beat maker. Me too. But I technically produce my albums, you know, like I record it and I mix it and everything, but I don't think of myself as a producer. I think finished songs are productions. And if you were a part of that, you're a producer. Right. Making stuff like that, I never really see as like a finished product. So that's why I always call myself a beat maker. Like it's been a long time since I've been in a studio setting with somebody, an, an artist and working with them actually producing. Like, to me, a producer is the person who brings the best out of the artist. That's my job as a producer. Right. And <laughs> it's weird when you are the rapper, you know, when you're yeah. the rapper and the beat maker, <laughs> because it's like, I, I don't count my own songs as placements. Now, if I sold, that's funny. If I bought a beat from someone though, some producers out here would be like, I got a placement with A to the Mo. When I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking anybody. What the fuck are you talking about? Somebody, you know what I mean? But yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay. So what would you say then? Is there, There's a threshold then, right? Yeah. I mean, there's some sort of threshold, but I mean, if I'm trying to think of like uh, someone who's on like a, a medium level, who's not like, uh, you know, Jay-Z, but is on like a, you know, a lower end level that I would. Cons- I mean, there's local artists in Pittsburgh and stuff like that that you probably have never heard of that I would actually consider myself, you know, gotten like fed the God. There's this dude fed the God. If I had a beat with him, you know what I mean? I would consider that a placement. But I totally understand what you're saying when, you know what I mean? We're just throwing beats back and forth here and there and it kind of gets like five listens and here and there i don't know like right (laughs) another part of me feels like um you know because hip-hop is so bravado based you know and you have to be so cocky that i'm doing myself a disservice by not not feeling myself more right because like i really do like I don't think I'm the best rapper ever, but I do think I have moments where I'm like, fuck, I wrote some sick ass fucking punchline, right? Better than most of these people that think they're awesome. You know, like I do have those moments, but I don't act on those because I hate cocky people. But I'm like, if I was talking shit though, I'd probably get more beat sales. I would get more listens. That's a shame, man. And But you're right. And that whole, that 6ix9ine dude, I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you've heard of him. I mean, his whole career is pretty much based on pissing people off to get sales. Right. Seems. I, yeah, like a route that I want to go. You know what I mean? Like myself personally, that's something that I would never do. Like, I don't know, if someone come and attack me, I'm definitely going to be jumping on a diss track real quick. You know what I mean? But that... Like, I think Eminem, I think, kind of boosted his career that way, making a track, kind of calling everybody out before, I think. Right. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's done it a few times. And, I right. mean, and I'm all for it. Like, honestly, when I write a song, you know, depending on the beat, sometimes I might be in a shit-talking mood, and there might be <laughs> someone I'm thinking of when I'm saying something. It happens. They want you to talk shit. Right. It was just speaking <laughs> to me. So... <laughs> It's interesting, but I, I, my problem is, like I said, like I think so little of myself because 
I, you, because I'm with myself every day, it doesn't seem like progress, right? But whenever I really stop and I'm like, holy fuck, I, I can sit down and make like a sick ass beat, like in like 30 minutes and be like, dude, that was pretty fucking cool. And I can't even imagine that a couple years ago, right? So like, it if is you cool. Progress. I mean, really, you should give yourself a pat on the back because I actually went through it and I uh, did a little bit of research. You know what I mean? I check, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts here and there, but quite honestly, you know what I mean? I'm a busy kind of guy. So I'm I mean, but the other day I wanted to make sure I sat down and listened to episode 180 and I got through about halfway of you talking to, uh, I think his name is Pow Wow. Yeah. And it was it, it, such an interesting conversation, man. Like I was, I was literally riveted for this first half hour, man, about you guys talking about how like, uh, um, Oklahoma is getting, uh, uh, they're giving land back and stuff like that. And, uh, in the Oklahoma run thing you guys did in your school, like that's something over, like I'm in Southwestern Pennsylvania. Like I've not, I've heard of Oklahoma run, but that's something like at our school, like I knew nothing about, like to hear you guys have that conversation on how you guys like used to make a whole day at your school to go and like stake land claims and stuff like that and re- do a reenactment. I, that was fascinating to me, man, to hear. Uh, yeah, it's fucking, cr- it is crazy. It really is. Um, and I think uh, from a political standpoint, the natives in Oklahoma, and which I mentioned with him, they're just so interesting because they have these socialistic programs and you can see the good and the bad, you know, like you can just see it. And so for people with all these hypothetical arguments, you're like, just here it is. Just look at it, you know, like. Right. But what I was getting, point I was trying to make, though, man, is uh, that was episode 180 that you've done, man. So you definitely deserve a pat on the back for uh, um, staying consistent and staying with it. You know what I mean? A lot of people, you know what I mean? If they get the 10 episodes and if they don't have 100,000 followers, they're quitting. You know what I mean? So just to see your determination to stick with it, man, I, I, I respect that. You know what I mean? I, I think that's something you should definitely be proud of, man, and see as something as an accomplishment for real. I appreciate it. Yeah. And really, I just keep it going because I know I have a few people that uh, seem to like not rely on it, rely on it, but they look forward to it. You know, they. They're like, I listen all the time. And if I miss one, they're like, what the fuck? So I haven't missed one in a long time. Um, Yeah, I dropped off myself for a while. I was doing a morning show called Good Morning America. And I do a live stream, a beat making live stream where I try to make a beat live within an hour as I was sitting there talking with people in chat. And uh, I made it to episode 49. And then I stopped for a couple weeks and then I came back and did episode 50, but I kind of just left a go at that. You know what I mean? I kind of just dropped off of doing it, man. But like, it's, it's difficult to do, man, especially, I mean, you're here talking the whole time, you know what I mean? Like you don't really make beats or anything or do any of that kind of production work on this podcast, correct? Um, we have a producer challenge podcast where we play some finished beats, you know, that we do stuff for people. Um, but I have tried to do some live stream beat making. What, what, uh, platform do you use? Twitch? YouTube. I've been doing it all for YouTube, man. But everyone that I've been talking to, it seems like Twitch is like the move to make right now. Well, I have a friend of the podcast named Minx. Uh, you should follow her at Female Producer if you're on Twitter. I think it's Minx Kotor on Instagram. Uh, she's a female producer out of fuck. I want to say the Bronx, but I could be maybe it's another borough. And um, she's partnered up with this company called Caffeine, which is very much like Twitch. And uh, she's claiming that she's getting a lot of success doing beat making videos there. And it's kind of new, you know, so you're kind of getting on the ground floor. So that's what she recently told me to do. So I might check it out. 
internet, man, getting on the ground floor of those, you know what I mean? The hot sites that are popping up. Right. Uh, it's big. To, like I tried Twitch for a while, you know, I used OBS and I, I would put like sponsored by a podcast with Mo up in my corner, you know, make it try to look cool. And I'd get on Twitch on my lunch breaks for a while and I would have an hour, you know, I normally had some MIDI files I would start with that I'd pre-saved, but you know, I kind of just drag and drop a melody real quick and then make some quick drums. But I, I would say I'd done that about three weeks in a row and like 13 of those 15 beats, like I went on to upload to my beat store or use myself. Like, Something about that pressure. like That's it. Like, I love that. I don't know how you felt about it, man. Like, because I, what I would do is I would sample maybe like five songs, just like random. Like, I would do YouTube sampling, you know what I mean? Some just like soul sample searching, you know what I mean? Just different kind of things that I thought were interesting. And about 10, 15 minutes before I would go live, I would sample all those five different tracks that I would find in that 15 minutes. I'd sample them in my MPC live. And then I'd click that live button on YouTube and I had no idea what I was going to make. I had no drums loaded up. I had no melody in mind. I just had just, you know, five random songs sampled in and I kind of would just see where it goes. You know what I mean? But like you said, that added pressure, it does something to a person. Like, like it brings out the best, I think, in people. Like to me, it did anyway, man. Right. Like, you know, I did have a couple like not so good ones man like at the end of the last show i'm like i don't know to tell you guys this beat sounds like shit right but you got to hang out for the hour and have a chat and stuff like that but but yeah that added pressure is i think great man like yeah see what i was bad at was i was really bad at talking i would i would just forget that i was supposed to be like saying something (laughs) i was just like so into the beat and i don't do the uh, mpc or the like the sampling machines i think i could i think i've gotten where i probably could pick it up um but you know at the moment i just kind of use a daw and uh, i got a midi keyboard and a little drum pad all that um but i do find that like i'll just get lost in making a melody and i'm like and another layer and i do stuff of like just this one sound and then right. this other one sound. And I'm like, why am I layering all this shit? It's so stupid. But um, on live streams, I'll sit there and keep like one note will sound bad. And I'll be like going across the whole piano, right. hitting all those to try to find the right one. I feel like I'm just annoying everybody. Yeah. So that there is that pressure. But also I'll find myself like, you know, sometimes I'll sit here and I'm like, that's a cool melody. Let me just use a, a drum loop so I can get a feel for what it'll be like. And then I feel like that's cheating when you're on the live stream. I'm, no, man, I got to pound these drums out myself or else it's not real. And so, like, I'm not sure anything's cheating anymore. That's man. true. That's true. You know what I mean? These, these new websites like Splice and everything like that and like different things that I'm seeing, in like producer communities. Like there's been like a lot of people fighting recently, man. I'm seeing, I don't know the story too well. I know I think the producer was named like Wilo or something. It was like cash money AP. There was some like discrepancy on the credits, on payments and stuff like that. Right. And like people were like, uh, what's that? what I've been hearing is someone will do like, say like you have beats on beat stars. I had a couple myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what your beats are priced at and stuff like that. And if you do exclusive, but a lot of these people will do exclusives. Right. And they'll say $50 for an exclusive. You can have this beat. Right. Well, these big name producers will go on the beat stars, buy your beat exclusively for $50. And then now they have all these connections. They'll turn around and sell it for $100,000, the Busta Rhymes. And then you're got your 50 bucks and see ya. Right. Like, you're on your merry way. Like, and then, like, I mean, but that's part of the business. I mean, you're signing up for that. You're the one who offered that beat is $50 for an exclusive. I get that, man. But 
some of these kids, man, like they're seem to be like devastated and not knowing, like, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. Like, I don't know the business of music a hundred percent. Right. It seems shady as hell, man. I know that. Like I know enough and I've been doing it long enough that man, like, it's just like, you got to watch your back at every turn. And this person's trying to do this and that, and everyone's just trying to get to the top and clawing and scraping. Well, I wish I did know more of the actual laws. Cause for in that exact scenario, cause from what I understood, cause I had a friend who's pretty successful on beat stars, you know, he makes a couple hundred a month and that's kind of what inspired me to start. And, you know, I've wanted, yep. I've wanted to quit, you know, there's plenty of times I'm like, fuck, it's not worth a $20 a month, you know, some months, but then every once in a while I'll get a sale and I'm like, Oh, I'm the best. I'm the best ever. <laughs> like, uh, so it, it, it's what it is. But, um, he explained to me that you, that whole someone buying it and then reselling it. If you put somewhere in your little bullet points, you know, that you can't do that, then they can't do that. And he's like, it's right there. But I don't know if just writing that's enough. Like that seems like that can't be right. But I also don't sell exclusives. I mean, it's an, I have make me an offer for an exclusive, but I don't have an actual price on it because if someone was, uh, I, upcoming rapper and they just fucking loved it and they made a pitch to me and this is whatever money they have i would probably sell them an exclusive for cheap i don't know i'm cool like that on the now because i've taken a lot of my beats off beat star because they were off there for like two years and i've just grown as a producer I, right but i always tell people to email me let's have a discussion i'm willing to work with anyone you know what i mean how it is and you know i really like a rapper it's almost a hundred percent guarantee. I'm going to give them that beat. Right. I mean, it doesn't, it has nothing to do with follower count. It has nothing to do with that. If I like you as a rapper, like I want my beats. Good rappers. Man. That takes, that's my one. The end. I've actually started, I don't know what your, uh, if you ever gotten to the world of like TV play. I, I kind of break it up a little bit here. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but, um, you mentioned say something about TV placements. Correct, man. Yeah, have you looked into any of that? Is that something that's interesting at all? Um, it interests me, and I have some producer friends that are like, uh, "Yeah, bro, you can make some good money doing that because you make good loopable sort of shit." But I don't, I don't understand how to get into it. I'm recently got in a BMI, and I, ter- I was told you had to do like that or ASCAP at first or something, and I don't know. ASCAP member myself, but it seems like a lot of it has to do with knowing where to submit for one. Right. That's something that's there's a guy named Gummy Beats. I, I considered buying for like the past year and a half and just never really done it, man. But I'm really interested to know what you know information he has in there, man. I just like I feel like we're probably missing just some small little key thing and that could really set us off. Because I heard even getting into it, saying like both of us got into it now, we submitted beats right now. We might be uh probably expect to maybe see a check or start things start to happen maybe two years from now you know right. what i mean so i want to get on now so two years from now i'm not still doing the same thing wishing that i you know figured it out right well you know you watch at least i watch a lot of netflix you know and there's just like little interstitial music as they're going from one scene to another and it's like that's just fucking nothing. It's not like it seems like something when you don't make beats, but once you make beats, you're like, that ain't that's fucking nothing right there. Like, I could do that. One that's the thing, man. Shows like, I don't know if you watch like American Pickers or Shark Tank, like they all have these little bumper beats, right? I mean, it's all it's money to be made, and I heard it's big cash too, man. I mean, I heard it takes a while, 
I mean, you could be getting like $5,000 for one placement. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. And something else I haven't really gotten into, but a lot of younger producers do it, is like they'll mount out beat packs to like a rapper, right? Like these are all beats for NBA Youngboy, which I wouldn't because I don't even know. I've never even listened to fucking NBA Youngboy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I'm gonna, I don't I mean, I know a lot of the newer rappers and stuff just for reference, but I don't really listen to like, you know what I mean? I'm still I'm still listening to the nineties hip hop. <laughs> right. I mean, I have found some modern guys that I think are good. I'll be on like Coda the Friend is like my fucking shit right now. And I'm just like, God, I wish he was as big as some of these other people. I know that to be honest with you. Oh yeah, you should look at he had an album drop right before uh all the police brutality stuff, so it's kind of been overshadowed, but it's really good. Yeah, newest has to say almost to is run the jewels, but they're not even really like a new group, I wouldn't say, you know what I mean? Oh, I, lo- I love them too. Love them too. Dude, that shit the way that shit flows, so aggressive. It's just like the beats, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love that shit. Right. For me, Run the Jewels, it's it's the beats that LP makes are great. And then they have something to say. You know, I don't think LP's like he I don't think he has a great rap voice. You no. know, but he has something to say. Right, man. Flow's different, man. Like, I don't know. It's just not like they're they're very unique, man. I don't know if you saw, man. LP, I did a remix of one of LP's songs and he retweeted it on his Twitter. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, dude, it was huge, man. I was like, holy shit. He was like, yeah, no, I forget exactly what said. Nice work or some shit. But I was just like, I was freaking out. I'm like, holy fuck, dude. It like blew up, man. It got me like, I had like 2,000 some views on it in like a day. Yeah, that's fucking dope as shit. Uh, that's kind of what you live for as like a content creator, which is bullshit. But that is how it is. You know, you just hope you make something that people want to watch. One like, one repost, man, it can change lives. <laughs> right, well... Like I made a pretty good beat sell this last week, and um, it was really because I was just friendly and nice. And some this guy actually is gonna be on my next album. He just done this little bitty verse uh, on this big remix song I'm doing, and then a week later was like, "Hey, I'm gonna buy some beats off you." And I was like, "Oh shit, hell, that's awesome!" And that's it too, though, man. You know what I mean? It's literally a relation. I think that's really crucial and key. You know what I mean? That's one thing I when I first started really getting into my dead friends and wanting to like make it a business to where like I'm trying to like be a full time producer. Uh, a friend of mine, he has a couple of different companies and stuff like that. And they do really well, you know what I mean? He's uh, real estate and different things like that. He told me, man, like the, the key thing online, man, is just interact with people, talk to people. You know what I mean? Don't just if they say, "Oh, this is a cool beat," don't just click the like button on it. You know, tell them thank you. Tell them, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Just interact with them and speak with them. And, like, it builds, like, this, I don't know. It just changes things. And then other people see that you're talking with other people. It it changes things, man. I've noticed a major difference when I'm uh, actually, like, vocal on Twitter to when there's days that I'm just, like, I make a beat and I just post it. And then I'm doing that. When someone says, oh, this is dope, I just put the like button and move on. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just don't want to talk on Twitter. Right. Like, I'm not a real big talker. Like that, I never understood me going on Twitter and ranting about this and that. When I have a YouTube channel, I can click live and go on a live stream and really get my point across instead of trying to do it on this 140-character text, you know what I mean? And I have people tweet me back, bitching at me, like, oh, this and that, this is spelled wrong. Like, 
<laughs> if you want to argue with me, I was telling them they can come to my YouTube channel and subscribe. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm the same way with having a podcast. It makes it where I don't, I don't want to tap out too much because fuck, right. just listen to my podcast. You do got to interact though. You know what I mean? Like you said, just that one little interaction with that guy. Now he's on a verse on there. Now he wants to buy more beats. So that one little small interaction that, that probably took you no time at all to do what you said or whatever. Right. Now it's, you know, transfer. Also uh, turned around and made him an exclusive beat and just gave it to him because I was like, hey, man, here you go. Just me. I remember that stuff. I don't know if he's going to remember, you know what I mean? But yeah, dude, like that kind of stuff, man, to me is important. You know, like I've been building a lot of relationships with a lot of uh, NPC, the community, like the NPC live and just like all the YouTubers that make tutorials and stuff like that. Like over the past two years of me having the NPC live, like I've talked and gotten to know all these people like. I literally talk to them probably more than I talk, well, especially now with the whole COVID thing, but I mean, I talk to them more online than I talk to people face to face anymore, man. Like, I know them now. I feel like better. And they're all across the country from, you know, Florida to Seattle, Oklahoma, I believe now. Real, across- real quick, because I don't know why I should, I should remember this. We talked about earlier how someone's bought someone's like exclusive and resold it and how that whole drama happens. Another yeah. thing about the legality of beat stuff of like something that I have read and was also told and like i just thought this was just the rule but i've realized people argue it is like if you make a beat and you sold that beat and someone made a song you still get 50 percent of those streams from spotify you get 50 percent of it off the ascap or bmi as soon as that beat's recorded and you have it recorded it's you own the masters to it exactly you're right that away from unless you sign something saying that they could take that away from you from my understanding Right, you know, that's what I've been told too. Not using samples, you know what I mean? That. Right, and so I do have friends I give beats to over with the uh, idea that if they upload it, then they better kick me back my distro kid shit. <laughs> and they don't all the time, and you're like, well, then you're never getting a beat from me again. Like, I don't, what the fuck? So, that's all you can really do, man, is that, I mean, that's a good way of like uh, venting people out and fishing out the ones that you don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? You see how it goes like that. But yeah, you can kind of get yourself into some terrible situations. You're just like, hey, man, I'm just trying to be cool with you. All you got to do is give me my split. Like, you're not it's not like you're you're not even like demanding anything. You're asking what you're supposed to be getting anyway. Right. Oh, so, yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to, you know, once that kind of things happens with somebody, then I'm glad that they did that early on. So I know not to deal with them anymore. Right, exactly. So there, that is stuff. And I've had producers ask me. I've had rappers after I explained that. You know, I've had younger rappers ask me for advice and stuff because I've I was a rapper for years before I ever made a beat. You know, so I feel like I have both uh, kind of angles on it. And they'll be like, "Well, I don't think I would owe a producer fifty percent." And I'm like, "Well, you do. It doesn't really matter what you think. Like, I don't. <laughs> there's to me, yeah, there's right. no argument about this. But uh, I always try to explain it like. Uh, it's kind of difficult to explain. Like, like when you buy a video game, say, like if I buy a new game, I don't own the game. I just own the right to use the game. Right. Some people, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's what it is with the beats too. You're not actually, I'm not selling you a beat for just you to have, you know. Right. Like you, when you buy a DVD, not to be many people do, you own that copy with the license agreement to watch that movie, but you don't actually own the film. Someone else is selling that film. Like you don't own, 
stars, like I think that's been a while since I used it, isn't it? Doesn't it even say like they can only play it on so many radio stations? It yeah. Can only be- yeah. Yeah, you could pull in. So like for instance, I had a guy who ended up not buying a beat off me, which is fine, but he you know, we don't know the back and forth talking and negotiation stuff. Uh I even done like a beat sell for him that month. You know, I was like, "Hey, let me just run a beat sell cuz he only had so much money. I got it down to this price." And then he got to where like, "Well, I really wanted the unlimited lease cuz I have a a basic MP3 wave lease that is uh $20 and it's up to like 10,000 plays or 100 100,000 plays, I think even like who the fuck? You're not ever going to get that most of people. And then these people are like, no, I need that unlimited. You know, this is going to be a big fucking song. And you're like, dude, like, no offense, but it probably isn't. Hey, like, man, the thing actually that could happen is that song blow up and become a big song. Because when it does and then that kind of money's involved, you have no problem getting a lawyer. Right. To take it behind you and help you out to get his cut so you can get your cut. Right. You know I mean? And you so he's got like that too man like i don't mind people want to rob me for <laughs> i'll take up to about a thousand dollars you know what i mean in streams and sales of shit like the, whatever you know what i mean but when we start talking about tens of thousands of dollars man you can expect a call from my lawyer <laughs> right and so like i pay a guy be like and i just was realized i was like hey man honestly because he had no songs out yet this artist at the time and i said honestly man you should just buy that 20 dollar lease if you, I mean, just do that. And he's like, no, I need the 51, but I don't have $50. And I'm like, then you don't really need the $50 lead. Like, I don't know what right. to tell you, man. So like, but, I mean, I admit though, man, like I remember when I really, like, when I first started my dead friends and pushing that name and producing under that name, like, uh, and trying to start sell beats. I was holding everything real close to me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he wants that exclusive because he don't want anyone else to have it. You know what I mean? But like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to like get inside his head a little bit, man, but it all, all sounds stupid in there. <laughs> right. I mean, and it, it is what it is, you know? And if somebody, honestly, I would want an exclusive too. Uh, and again, if someone was my friend and they made a cool song, I, I'm cool with retroactively being like, dude, I'll just take it off the store. It's yours. You killed that shit. That's yours. Right. Right, that's true too. I mean, it's not like why don't he just buy the beat for twenty dollars? Go see what he can do with it, and then if it comes this thing, then come back to you later and say, "Hey, man, can think I can throw you that extra thirty to get the get it as an exclusive or something." You right. know, he he's already like defeated himself by saying it's either this way or this way or no way. Right. Well, and also like, um, and I've given some people artist shit on our music podcast that they'll get a beat from like a Cash Money AP or a Southside or you know someone that's like really popular. And then I've recently been also like trying to curate some playlists and trying to do get into that world a little bit. And I'll get people send songs and there's like eight people with the same beat. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, like it drives me nuts. And so, um, like, I it's, I get it. You know, I understand leases and everyone wants to make their money. But I'm almost like maybe I should just sell exclusive so that like. But, hey, man, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? I, I wish that. uh a hundred thousand people would all buy just the same beat off of me, man. Cause right. I can, <laughs> whatever they want to do, man. Cause I know there's one guy, man. Like I just, I was actually just featured on this guy's album who come out in Pittsburgh and I sold him a beat probably like six months ago. And I didn't even know a song was completed. You know what I mean? Let alone the knowing that I made the album. Right. And like two days before the album comes out, he, I, he posts a picture and tags me in it. And I see my name, on the cover like not on the back cover of his album that i produced one of the tracks which to me i didn't produce the track i made the beat for the track right because you didn't mix it you know what i mean that's yeah i agree (laughs) 
But it was just strange to me, man, because like I thought he disappeared. So I sold that beat again. So someone else has that beat. But then this other guy's gonna end up hearing that track, man. Like I'm just waiting to get the, the email or a phone call being like, hey man, I thought you sold that beat to me. Like I'm I know that's coming at some point, man. They're gonna end up hearing it, man, because I repost shit on my page, man. So they're gonna end up seeing it at some point. But hey, it's the nature of the business. I that's all I gotta say to him, man. There's nothing right. No I mean, if they didn't buy an exclusive, they didn't buy an exclusive. That's I don't sell exclusive. Then there you I go. Upfront and known right off the bat. I do not sell. But the thing is, like, I like to work with people, man. And like people, I think, get shocked about that sometimes when I do actually sell a beat to them. I'm like, hey, man, uh, let me know if there's anything that I could do to change it around. Like, I really want to make that for them, man. Like, I really dropped. You know, we were talking before how I hate being in bands because I hate being told what to do. But when it comes to me producing, I'm looking for that. I want all of that input on the where he wants pauses, where he wants cutouts, if he wants this or that, because I want him to be just absolutely thrilled with the end product. You know what I mean? Right. Whatever it takes, man. The end goal for me is to make him. Right. I've I've had a little experience, not much, trying to help like mix or produce for someone else. Like I had one. Uh, Guy, I don't know if you listen to the podcast or not, but I was really trying to help him out and take him under my wing in a way because I am, I've been doing this for like 10 years or so. Um, and I'm pretty decent at the rapping. And I've, I rap with shitty equipment. Like I've done that for years, like with a shitty USB mic. And like you just need to make the best of it. You go with that lo fi effect or whatever. And, uh, I was trying to work with this guy and I was giving him advice and I was mixing stuff a certain way. And he just was really resistant and like, well, I like the way I do it. And I'm like, okay, but. Like, it's not right. Like, I mean, I don't even want to say I'm necessarily right, but I have more experience, you know. And He does. And for him to sit there and tell you that it's right. Yeah, right. I completely understand. So I got a quick question for you, man. So you've worked, like, as a producer kind of uh, recording a rapper. That's right. Like, well, right. Well, he lives in another state. So he recorded where he's at, sent it to me on one of my beats. So it was like, it was my beat. I was willing to give it to him. But I was like, let me kind of mix it because I think I could help you out. He wasn't right in front of your face then. Correct. Okay, so I'm wondering, though, if you ever had to look at a rapper or even email a rapper and tell them that their verse isn't good. <laughs> um, I've been pretty open with people like on Internet Friends 2, which is my album coming out, I think, in a, a week or two from now, whenever the fuck it is. Um, I said everyone up front, I said, hey, I will cut your shit if it's not up to par. Like, I was real. I, I have so much respect for that, man. And I told them, honestly, like, it's for your own good. Like, you don't want to be the one bad verse on the album. Plus, they need to understand, though, that it's your name on this album as the main forefront, right? It's like, right. Like, friends, internet friends, you know what I mean? So, like, you don't want to put shit on there. But, yeah, that's a tough discussion sometimes to have with a rapper, man, because, you know, they really feel... <laughs> it's 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 a it's an awkward conversation sometimes, man. Right, me and uh, you might know him on uh, Twitter, CJ Jones. He he has a podcast or used to. He fucking quit. He's a quitter, but uh, <laughs> he he does some like acoustic guitar and also some rapping stuff, and he's cool. But me and him talk a lot of shit in DMs. You know, he's like one of my homies. I go to and like, hey, did you see so and so post this dumb shit? And then we'll just hate on them, but like with each other. 
And uh, there's certain rappers that just sound like they like rap in a tin can and then they like talk all this shit. And I'm like, we just are like, dude, how do these people exist? Like, how do they listen to their own music and others and think they're so good? Like, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm terrible, but man, these kids must be having such encouragement around them to keep doing what they're doing that it's ridiculous, man. I just wish I had an ounce of that encouragement when I was their age, man. Right. It's like, like these kids can go do anything and like all their friends are like, yeah, man, that's dope. That's dope. I'm just sitting back like, what the hell are, what are they, what are they doing? Like they'll say one sentence through a two minute song, the same sentence. Right. Well, and I think the things that get people hype are different. Like uh, a younger rapper can make, can get, can find a really cool beat, do some dumbass lyrics. You know, this is my old man opinion, of course, but uh, do some dumbass lyrics and their friends are like, that's a dope ass song. But what they mean is that's a dope ass beat you found, right? And then those people are like, oh, my song's awesome. But they are good at writing catchy little lines. Right. They might have a. Like, I'm not a club guy. I don't go to the clubs and dance and shit like that. You know what I mean? But I could see how some of them songs just having a line that's repeated over and over that people can hum in their head as the beats slamming in the club and they can dance to it. I, I get that, man. But like, I don't know, like I'm more for substance. When we talk about like run the jewels, man, like I want substance. I want it to say something, man. Like to me, hip hop always stood for saying something. That's why I thought it was hilarious when I seen people lashing out at ice cube. When like people are like, when did ice cube get so political? I was like, what the, f- who, who have they been watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I fucking love it. He's like the most underrated him and Ludacris. I think they're the two most underrated rappers in my life. Lot. Yeah. I like Ludacris. That voice, man. The way he raps, like, it's completely different than everyone else, man. Like, I'm a big Busta Rhymes fan. Right. Early stuff, man. He's kind of going off on some different things, which that's cool, man. Hey, he's an artist, you know what I mean? But yeah, that early Busta Rhymes stuff, just how they would rap. And, like, everyone seems so unique. And now it just seems like everyone wants to be a pop star. Right. Well, see, and I don't altogether hate it because, like, when I was in high school, I kind of enjoyed closetly the emo scene, right? Like, I didn't love it. I didn't love the screamo, but, like, I like Jack's Mannequin and Reliant K and kind of like the more fun, uh, right. pop rockish sort of stuff. And I really enjoy, and I do. I mean, you hear on some of my songs, I kind of bring a little bit of that in, you know, my little bit of my whiteness. And, um, I think it's cool, but, uh, some of it is still just like slip my wrist and I'm sad. I'm like, you're not really saying anything. Like to me, you yeah. should use the music as like, you're trying to solve why you're a piece of shit, you know, or like, I don't know. Like, that's kind of what I, my goal is. <laughs> yeah. It's like a journey. I don't know. You gotta, and not everyone gets it. You know, like, uh, some people, like I have a, an e an album actually, I thought it was an EP, but I didn't know the rules at the time. It's actually an album cause it's eight tracks. Um, it called too pretentious and it was all about because i was depressed and i was like i'm gonna make this whole thing about like it's like a train of thought just whatever comes in my head writing it down about me being depressed and it's like real personal to me but like other people are like yeah it's whatever and that's fine like it wasn't made for them that's the part about music man. well it's never left me you know anytime that i felt depressed or i felt happy or felt angry i can make music and music there to like uh, get that release out of me, whether you know whether I'm just something like and that fires into the notes sometimes, you know, and a lot of the times, and like you feel that, you know, yeah, I, I love that man. Like that's the music 
that's why it upsets me, man, when you see like schools not like funding music so much and like, you know what I mean? A lot of that stuff like that. All right, so if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. I think anyone that hears a good song, they know it. I think something else that I brought up before, but like, Music and movies. I remember I went to the movies, but back before coronavirus said, and it was like all of a sudden, every time you hear the score to the soundtrack, you're like, oh, it's so good. You know, like you as a music maker, like you just start recognizing shit that you're like, it really enhances everything. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy. I, I, when I brought up video games earlier, and like, are you a PlayStation or an Xbox player? Do you have both? Uh, um, I'm a PlayStation person. After I went through five 360s, they just kept breaking. I was like, never again, fucking Xbox. So, did you by any chance, did you play The Last of Us 2? I did. I've already beat it. That game, that game was something. Like, it, I don't know, man. It really, like, did something to me. <laughs> like, there was something, like, just the trauma in that game. And more so, like, the music is really good in The Last of Us 2, but The Last of Us Part 1 was the music tone and the mood like i love that man there's a guy that uh, follows me on my youtube channel who's an indie game developer and i've been talking to him back and forth i'm like dude i'm like i'm not even sure what game he's working on or the kind of game and i'm like i want involved like think how many classic scores like even like the old sonic the hedgehogs or the zeldas like the super mario people still play that you know what i mean just them theme songs man like those are classic that's classic music material at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know how you feel like Last of Us 2 and like the music and stuff like that, man. But I just love how they do the music. I will the, say, the last since you're talking about The Last of Us 2 and you, you know about it, uh, my take, and I haven't heard anyone else say this, I listen to a lot of podcasts, gaming podcasts that have given their opinion. I hated every time I was playing as Ellie. I just didn't enjoy her... I didn't care about her motivation. I didn't think it made sense. I thought she was a brat. I I didn't enjoy playing as her gameplay wise because she was you had to sneak. She wasn't very strong. Uh, I, I didn't like what her weapons were. And then as soon as I played as Abby, at first, like everyone else, I was like, oh, I hate this. Why even change characters? But by the end of that first day, I was all in on Abby. And then through that, uh, through that. Like, I love playing it, Ellie. Like, I was sucked into the game at first. And when, as soon as I started playing as Abby, like you said, I didn't even want to continue playing. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't want to play as her. Right. I hate her. And that's most people's reaction I've heard on podcasts. And then they didn't really enjoy Abby's. But I loved Abby. I, I think Abby's I, story made more I, sense. I ended up loving it. Right. Like, yeah. I My so, problem, I wish the last fight you could have chose who you were. Because I just didn't want to be Ellie. I didn't care. I thought her whole reasoning was stupid. Yeah, I wish at the end of the last fight you could choose to drown her. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> um, so I I got Ghost of Shishima. I'm actually going to play that right after we get off here. Oh, uh, my, man. Like, uh, I don't know, a few couple hours in? Yeah, see, I haven't started it yet. I was going to last night when it came out, but I was like, fuck, I got to go to work in the morning. And then everything just kept happening. I don't know what was going on with that. My PlayStation didn't reload. 
midnight hit, I had to start downloading it, and I was pissed. Oh, yeah, that does suck. It's the last game I'm buying for the PS4. That's what I'm telling myself. I can't check out that uh, summer game with Jeff Keighley. They showed off the DualSense some more. Yeah, I watched I'm all for the PS5. I'm pretty sure I'm going discless because I, I haven't bought a game on a disc in I don't know how long, so it's not a big deal to me. Some reason I'm buying the disc version. I don't even know. I can't even answer a good, good answer. Why? I mean, how much more could it possibly be, though? Right. I guess that's a big deal. I said if it's a hundred dollars more, fuck it. But I've had friends that be like, a hundred's not much, and I'm like, I don't know. That's for me to get a new headset. At a hundred dollars more, man, doesn't that seem like? I mean, a disc drive. They couldn't. I mean, yeah, that just seemed. Well, it is a 4K Blu-ray disc drive. Right. Like, I don't think it normally cost like a PC, but I think it's only like thirty bucks or something like that if you put it in a PC. But, I mean, I understand the design changes for the system and stuff like that. That's cool, your PlayStation, man. You're, like, all about it. Like, I'm a hardcore gamer. Like, I've, I've all, like, before I got back into making music hardcore, like, it was actually, I had a Twitch channel for gaming. And I used to post myself playing games and stuff like that. How many Platinums you got? Uh, I think I'm at 19. 48, bro. Hell, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had more, for sure. There, I, my, Me, personally... <laughs> life see that's you gotta get rid of your life you have friends you gotta get rid of them <laughs> right I, I i got really into the ps4 i mean the ps3 i was really into as well but um i got the walking dead platinum and then i was like it's such a cheap fucking platinum let me go get one that i love so i got the skyrim platinum on ps3 uh, and then i got it again uh, on ps4 and then you know i've gotten i think the stick of truth uh a lot of rpgs basically Anything I can okay. grind away at, I, I'm down with platinum. That shit, action games, not my thing these days. Dude, they killed it with it. And I mean, the coronavirus kind of screwed things up, I think, for Sony. But man, like they had incredible like 2020 with coming out with The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima now and stuff like that. Like, like man, like what a couple of swan songs for like the PS4 man, and like they're coming in full steam ahead. Yes. I'm, like, I know what's going on with Xbox, man, but, like, I know they're saying it's, like, has more teraflops and all that, but there's nothing, there's, to me, when I look at it, there's nothing on Xbox I want to play. Right. If they wouldn't have ruined Fable, because I loved Fable back in the day, but they canceled it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. Um, uh, What they really have going for them is their backwards compatibility, where anything you owned previously will work. But when you're like me, and it sounds like you as well, I don't own any old Xbox games, so that can't bring me over. <laughs> so right. Exactly. And to me, I'm not real big on uh, remastering games. Like, you know, I want new games. Right. You See, know? I'm all for it. Like, uh, I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake was definitely a whole new thing, but, like, that's probably my favorite it, game of the year. It's been awesome. I, I think it's very good. I hated the ending because they changed, you know, I don't want to spoil, but they changed something in the story you're at at the very end. And a lot of people love it, but I'm the top that I love the original game so much that I'm like, fuck everybody for who thinks this is cool. They would change the ending of such a like loved game. Right. Well, I understand why it's so that they don't have to stick to the story for the rest of it. If they make a sequel to it, it's so they can kind of do their own thing. And, but at least they're like, well, here, we gave you what you wanted it was as close as we could get up to this very end part. Yeah, right. And so I get it, but it's still kind of bullshit. So I'm like, just remake. It's so good. You should remake Final Fantasy VI. You should remake Final Fantasy IX. Like, you should do it with all of them. Like, just keep doing yeah. this shit. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that definitely be big sellers, man. I think that Final Fantasy VII definitely sold a lot of copies. Right. And then, uh, 
you know, of course, Grand Theft Auto 6, I think, video game-wise, I'm really excited to see if they ever announce that because it feels like 5 just came out, but it came out like seven years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. I actually still have, and I bought the Grand Theft Auto 5 Collector's Edition for my PS3, and it came with a Los Santos hat in this plastic container. But it's like a cheap plastic container, right, for a hat. I'd never have taken it off the hat. The hat has never been on my head. Dusty. (laughs) It's awesome. It's awesome. So curious what happens there. I'm uh I'm definitely I'm one of those people that keep NBA 2K going like I just fucking love playing NBA 2K it's like my sport game of choice and they they've leaked the news recently that their next game next gen is seventy dollars so now everyone's like is everyone gonna be seventy dollars and uh, I, that's another hot topic in video games yeah I mean it kind of have to be don't they I mean listen like look at even like The Last of Us man like that was what probably four or five years of game development man like right. I'm not sure how much million dollars they spent on that yeah i don't know like they're gonna have to <laughs> it seems because the budget's just gonna keep going up and up right so i mean eventually this has to happen right and what, like is if they make the game 70 dollars right if me if i go buy a disc i should be able to get that same game for 60 dollars if i buy it digitally i agree with that 100 percent um why don't they do that i understand why they don't do it because it's business and that's pretty much the reason why ps5 has a digital version because they'll feel as though they'll recoup their money from game sales and then cut the middleman out right well right now they need the walmarts of the world to sell the console or else they probably would do that off the bat but once there's like 80 million ps4 or ps5s in homes they might say all right it's cheaper if you go digital they've done that with the vita and i fucking love i didn't buy one game physically on the vita and i have probably like 400 fucking games on that shit i love the I had a Vita. I mean, mine got ruined because I spilled my tea on in the middle of the night and I woke up and the whole thing was fucked. But I still look on eBay for like a cheap one. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I kind of want to buy one. Uh, I got a first edition. I was there to get launched. I have the 64 gigabyte hard drive I had to get from Japan. It's got like, so many games. Cost you like $100. <laughs> yeah, it was about as much as the whole fucking Vita. So that's why I, I know, have it. right? That was, the, that was like the kiss of death for that thing, man. If that thing had SD cards, it might have been a different story. And then something else I've talked about, but since talking about video games, uh, I have a SNES Mini I got a couple years ago. And then I recently learned there's this program called, I'm looking at it now, called Hackchi, H-A-K-C-H-I. And you can hack into your SNES Classic and put other Super Nintendo ROMs and shit on there. You put like Sega games and all that shit. So I have been playing old Super Nintendo, like Chrono Trigger, shit like that. As far as remastering, like that kind of stuff, I'm okay with, man. I would like that better if they like released the PS3 classic that came out with like, you know, 50 classic PS3 games or something bundled on it. But when they take the resources, man, and like, like The Last of Us on PS3 was great and looked great. I mean, I I have the remastered only because it was on PlayStation Plus for my PS4. But I mean, I don't know, man. It just seemed like a lot of money and a lot of resources for something that, you know, I mean, just don't. Uh, see, I think it made sense at the time because I remember yeah. when it came out, I got it as well because I loved it on PS3. And so right. I got it on PS4, played it again, was like, oh, very cool. But the reason they said was so they could get used to their engine on the PS4 because they were uh, getting Uncharted 4 ready. So it was like basically their beta test for Uncharted 4. They get to sell their beta test to us. Yeah, and then they sold it for a fuckload of money to resell the same game. Um, and I... 
hopefully on the next, we'll see what happens next gen, how, if they're going to be reselling games as much as they did this time, if more will be backwards compatible. You know, I would love if I could just play Stardew Valley, for instance, on my PS5, just because I already own it. But if I have to buy that fucking game again, I'm going to be pissed. Aren't you worried, though, man? Like, you said you were just talking about getting this, this version. Like, they said only, like, 800 and some. Like, say, it's, it's like 900 gigs. I mean, if the games are going to be costing more, I would imagine the games are going to be sized more. Like, Call of Duty World of No, uh, not true. So here's my two things. Uh, one, I never even give a fuck about the one terabyte drive right now on the PS4. People complain about it all the time. I have, like, seven or eight games always installed, and I just delete games once I beat them. You know, you get a platinum, you delete it. I said. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. And then sometimes, like, I downloaded, I got Far Cry 3 for $3 this week, and I played it for a couple days and was like, oh, I'm deleting it out. So I don't really like it as much as I I oh, remembered wait. me liking it. Do what? You never played Far Cry 3. Uh, my roommate in college, he he played it and loved it. You know, so I watched him play but oh, okay. it was one of those like, all right, I've seen it. Yeah, I don't, I'm cool. So I've got it to like give it a shot. And it's fun, but it is definitely a PS3 game. You know, like that was my my interpretation from it. Um, I don't remember where we're going with all. Oh, so anyway, yeah, I don't care about uh, the size thing. That normally works out. And from what I've heard, not saying it'll happen, but with this SSD hard drive, um, right now what happens with your, you know, the hard drives we have in the PS4 is if they make a game and then there's like a green tart material they have to reference for one tent, they put that in the game. And if there's another tent, they put that reference in again so that in the code it'll reference separate files because they need that because of the how slow those hard drives are. But on the new SSDs, they could put one picture of that green tarp and have those tents reference the same image. And because it's so fast, it would free up all this space and they can make games way smaller if they use this compression correctly, but no one is saying they're going to, but that is the goal. The hope. Completely new to me, man. I never even like heard that. Yeah. So that, I've heard that on a couple podcasts of uh, developers saying, like, you know, theoretically, if if they done it right, you could save some game. Um, that, or like right now, if um, there's music in a game and there's two different like areas, they may put the song in twice for each area. But with an SSD, if they could put the song in once and have it reference it, and since the hard drive's so quick, it'll just they don't have push like. And I know I looked at the specs or whatever, and I think like PlayStation was like a like an eight point eight or something gig transfer, which like Xbox is like a five five transfer or something like that. My numbers are probably off, but I know it was like a major difference in data transfer from Xbox to PS five. And like I'm just really wondering like what they like, some kind of magic or something must be happening. And I like also know like once I do get this PS five, and if it has such a special SSD. What if I do want to upgrade and stuff? Like I heard there was supposed to be like some kind of card slot or something in the PS5. I don't remember ever seeing anything when they showed off like the product. Right. Yeah, they said there was some sort of upgrade to it, but I'm not sure what. I will say that I don't know a lot about SSDs, but I do work with computers. And so we at a school and we've recently got some computers with SSDs. And when you like hit the fucking power button, it's like three seconds and you're at the login screen. Whereas in like old hard drives, you know, it's like, fucking show the window logo for 20, 30 seconds. And then like, this shit is immediate. And I'm like, Oh fuck, maybe these things are fast. 
stop or anything. I think all of them still all running on old hard drives from ten years ago. Right. Well, and the SSD is like the first time I saw one, I was like, "This computer doesn't have a hard drive." And they're like, "No, it's that little thumb drive looking thing." Like they're fucking itty bitty, and yet they're like real fast and shit. It's it's fucking crazy. Computers and me, man, something I never. That's why you see me like I have like the NPC and I have like the keyboards and stuff behind me. Like I buy all external gear. Like I hardly even use a DAW at all for. People might be bringing it up. I have that instrumental album that I put out called Temporal. Yes. Instrumental album on my iPad. In my DAW on my iPad. It's all mixed in my iPad. Like, see, like, say it's mixed in my iPad, but, like, there's barely any mixing really going on. Like I said, I do a lot of my stuff all on my NPC. It never... Anytime I got a PC computer, there was always a driver problem or this wasn't compatible, stuff like that. It seems like my Apple products, it was never that issue. And I started hearing people saying about producing on an iPad, so I thought it was just like interesting. I wanted to get a new iPad anyway, so I bought an iPad Pro. And I could just plug my sound card right into the USB-C. And it, it works. I use uh, Steinberg Cubase's Cubase. They have a Cubase. But there's an iPad app called Cubasis. I do all my, I track all my beats out on there. Like I'll track out individual kicks, individual snares, and then I'll use the faders on the mixer on there to kind of mix things level or stuff like that. But I don't know, man. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my instrumental album, man. But I thought it actually turned out pretty good, man. Like you hear, put iPads and stuff down. Like oh, you mix it on an iPad, I can instantly tell. You know, you know I haven't had anyone come at me saying. Hey man, what's up with the mix on your new instrumental album? It sounds kind of weird. I've actually had people say that it sounds really good. So, right, I, ha- I haven't listened to the new one. I did listen to your previous one, and um, I think also with the way you do it, a lot of your quote unquote mixing is just what sounds you choose. It's good sounds in, good sounds out. Like seems to be your strategy. When you might have listened to Gray Matter, that Gray Matter album was a rushed album. If you ask. like, I would always admit that to anyone, man. Like. Uh, Really go check out the Dirge album that I put out and uh, the new, newest one, Temporal. Like, those ones, man, like, I'll stand behind those any day. That Grey Matter album, like, I feel like, I, it, I feel like, it, like it sounds like I rushed it. Like, it sounds skinny and digitally kind of, you know? I mean, it doesn't feel like there's that warmth in that. Yeah, I struggle with that. Right. Well, and uh, also, on just saying the mix, also what I've learned as a producer, you know, I do think there is some, like, subjective sort of things i guess here and there but it's also on your speakers i tell people like that mix sounds really good on my speakers or it sounds bad on my speakers because i got uh, some yamaha hs5s which i spent a fuckload of money on and so i think that matters when i say someone it sounds good or bad on mine but before that i had these shitty speakers and you're i would just tell people that because i'm like hey man i got these 50 dollars fucking monitors they're not shit it sounds kind of muddy on them, but I don't fucking know. You know, like, so I'm just always real honest. See, that's the that I rushed that Grey Matter album. I did the second one that I did because I really wanted to, like, I wanted to put an album out every three months. And it was coming up on the three-month period, and I really didn't have anything ready. So I kind of started getting beats together ready real fast and stuff like that and tried to just put it out. But I didn't listen to it enough, I feel. Like, this Temporal album, the newest instrumental I put out, I listened to it probably... For three months before I even uploaded it to DistroKid to be released. Like, I had it for three months. Like, I would not listen to it all for a week, come back to it, jam out to it, leave it a couple days, 
kept listening to it on all kinds of different things. You know what I mean? I'm taking it in a friend's car. You know, my mom's car was even a reference. You know what I mean? Uh, just stupid, shitty stereos. And of course, like, you know, my setup down here, you know what I mean? It sounds great here, but I want it to sound great everywhere. And sometimes when I'm listening to things, I notice little nuances and sounds that I'm not catching down here in my studio room. So, like, I always, always try to give references everywhere. I also like that dude to do that, too. Like, uh, um, I used uh, Anderson Pack's album, Oxnard. I like the way that album sounded. So I would play a little bit of that album and sit here and listen to it. And then I would switch my album on just to compare how the kicks sounded and if they were still as punchy as Anderson Pack's album. You know what I mean? If they still had, you know... The, the warmness and the sound and the tone, you know what I mean? Like, I was trying to achieve a certain sound. And I think I did pretty good with it on this album, man. Like I said, I put a lot of work in this new one, man. Yeah, one thing I don't do as a producer is I never reference like that. And I've been told that's like the one thing I'm missing and I really need to do. And so I may try someday, but I just get lost the whole like, well, I'm trying to make something that's me and my sound. I don't want to reference anybody, but I know that's stupid. <laughs> that is my thought. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, like, go ahead and take your time to create your beat and get your creative juices out. Get what you have. And then there's probably some song that it sounds like, whether you like it or not. You know what I mean? Like, there's right. so many songs out. It probably sounds like something. You know what I mean? Or if there's a sound that you do like, you know what I mean? Like I said, I really liked that Anderson Pack album at the time. That's why I was, like, really listening to that. And I was trying to, like, reference mine with that. You know what I mean? Because I knew it was produced by Dr. Dre. Like, there was a sound that I wanted, you know? man when you put on like a song that's been professionally produced and mastered and mixed and then you put your track on because i don't know you send your tracks out to get mastered no no what? i just do that shit oh like are you just putting like the the final mixed track on track one in your doll and just mixing it that way or yeah i've i've uh, had art not arguments but like debates right of how to do this i used to make my beats in one DAW, and then I would record my vocals in Adobe Audition, a separate DAW, because I enjoyed Adobe Audition. And then I would mix everything there, and I think that's more traditional. Like, I know a lot of people do, like, Logic Pro and, you know, their different shit. Um, now what I do is I actually record my vocals and mix it right on the beat. Like, fuck it. It's just another stem, you know? Like, I have... Like, you're trying to rap over a mixed beat. Well, originally, yes, but no, I so said now I'm doing, I'm rapping into it. It's like my verses are mixed like in the song. And I do think my mix is different, but I don't think most people do that when you listen. I mean, I think most people are mixing their vocal over a beat. Yeah, especially now, man, especially like us emailing beats out to people. Like I do rough mixes. You know what I mean? I always, I always try to let them know, like, you know, the first snare that's too loud or something like that, to let them know because I'll track it out. That's, a, that's another thing I don't do. I don't send stems out. I don't do I'll send out an exclusive. I'll sell an exclusive before I'll ever send, sell my stems. I, I, I just don't even like the thought of someone cutting my beat all up like that. Like, you would all you send stems out, no problem? Um, yeah, I mean, I've sent it to some homies, and uh, if I sold the lease that had it, because one of my leases has stems, I wouldn't mind. Um, I, don't, I don't. I guess it bothers me too much. I haven't really thought about it, honestly, about someone chopping up or do so. To me, if they think it's their artistic vision, but then again, I do think when it says it's produced by me. And That's funny. You know what I mean? I'm fine. I guess I would be more fine taking the sale, 
taking my 50% royalty and then leaving my name off it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it, cause that is interesting. Um, but shit, man, I think we'll be doing this forever and I got to get to playing this goddamn video game. So, um, we'll have you on again for sure. Uh, send me over a song to play, uh, off your new shit at the end here, if you're down with that and, uh, we'll do that. I email it to you. I don't know if you sent me an email. Uh, yeah, just a podcast gmail.com. Okay. Uh, send it over there and I uh, will add it on here. And then I know because we're on Skype, we got some audio cut in and out of here, but I think we'll clean it up. We'll get it figured out. Hey, Mo, I appreciate you having me on here. I really do appreciate you having on. Yeah, no problem, bro. Try to get across the country a little bit, man. I'll definitely put out the retweets and let everyone know where to check this out and stuff like that. But make sure everyone goes, checks out Temporal by My Dead Friends, all streaming platforms. Follow me at My Dead Friends. All right, man. Peace. Peace out, Mo.